Thank you, Nate. Open your Bibles with me this morning, if you would. Matthew 2 and Luke chapter 2. Christmas passages, still the season. Finishing a series, Pictures of Christmas. My ideas came from Christmas cards that I received over the years. There's always that picture of the baby Jesus and the critters around and it's all calm and quiet and all those kinds of things. I think that moment lasted a few seconds for Jesus and his first night. So we're going to talk about that today. Matthew chapter 2 and Luke chapter 2, so mark those. We'll be looking at both of them. As always, we pray. For many of us here, it was a great year. For some, we struggled. And here we are. So we pray prayers of thanksgiving for the past year, for blessings, for strength and encouragement, for allowing us in a crazy world to live safe. We are blessed here, you know. Watch the news and compare what others have with what we have. You are wealthy. And then we face a new year, don't we? Some certainty, a lot of uncertainty. So we pray that God will bless us once again, that we can be people of faith, that when we don't get our way, that we pray anyway. And we pray for those who struggle. I'll give you a few moments of prayer where your seed all close, and then we'll look at these passages together. Join with me, please, please. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for this wonderful life we have. Thank you. We thank you for the peace and security that we have here, for the way you've worked with our leaders in years past, people who have written wonderful documents that have guided us for centuries. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for helping us to stay together for as long as we have. In this nation, there are forces that would tear us apart. We pray for guidance and wisdom that we might stand together. We pray for our elected leaders, for those who have power over us. Give them wisdom and discretion and discernment. We pray that they could make decisions that would bring good and prosperity and peace around the world. We ask, Father, for mercy. As we look at others and see how they struggle, we are reminded that we are a sinful people, even at our best, we are sometimes tainted. Forgive us, Father, for our indiscretions, words and actions that we wish we could retract. Forgive us. Forgive us for our laziness, our unwillingness to forgive others, for our unwillingness to share what we have with others. The list is long of our sin. We ask, Father, that you would cleanse us as only you can. As always, we pray for our first responders, doctors, EMTs, firemen, policemen. Protect them wherever they serve. Use them to bring peace and justice and safety. Comfort them and their families. We pray, Father, that we might recognize your authority over us and submit to your teachings, not out of fear, but out of faith. 
We pray, Father, that we would be a people of faith, not just that talk about it, but that live it out each day. Help us to be gracious and kind. We ask that we would be able to love others if you have loved us. Give us boldness to share our gospel with others. Help us, Father, to be people that honor you. In this final service of this year, we open our hearts to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Christmas is really an interesting time, isn't it? In just a few days, you experience the range of emotions, joy and laughter, a little bit of fear maybe, some disappointments, sometimes hurt. Christmas has a way of reminding us of things that we've lost over the year, perhaps someone we've loved. It can be the happiest time, like the song sings, but sometimes not so much. The video that we watch today reminds us of the range of emotions that occurs in the Advent season. Debbie?
we make many references to the peace that comes during the Christmas season, peace through Jesus, and there's that image on the Christmas cards, like the video faded out with, just a manger, shining light, and peace. The other night in Christmas Eve service, at the end, we always have a candlelight service, and, and I always marvel at everybody knows to be quiet. In just for a, a few seconds, the children are quiet, probably in all the candles and all those kinds of things. And I usually point out that this may be the only peace and quiet you have this Christmas season. Kind of to be funny, but it's real, isn't it? There's a lot of noise at Christmas. Not much just the kind of peace that you can settle in and enjoy. That comes later. So we're going to talk about that peace that we can have in Christ today. We'll begin by reading in Matthew chapter 2. Follow along with me if you would. Verses 7 through 12. Then Herod secretly called the Magi and ascertained from them the time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child. When you found him, report to me that I too may come and worship him. And having heard the king, they went their way. And lo, the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And they came into his house and saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And opening their treasures, they presented to him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned by God in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their own country by another way. Now turn over your wood to Luke chapter 2. I'll read verses 15 through 20. And it came about when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then, and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord had made known to us. And they came in haste and found their way to Mary and Joseph, and the baby as he lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, and made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just had been told them. So, that's the big event. The advent of Christ. The birth of a child. Visit from shepherds. Visit from magi. And then a mad dash away from a crazy politician. So let's look at how God gave Joseph and Mary peace and strength in the chaos of their lives. Now it all started nine months before, you know that, with the visions and the words from the angels of the Lord that Mary was with child, even though she'd never been with a man. She accepted in faith. Joseph, not knowing really what to do with this woman that was pregnant, he was her betrothed, they were engaged, not his baby, his family really wanted him to lose her. But the angel appeared and explained things to him. So Joseph did an act of faith. I can imagine the stomach churn that he was feeling. He loved this little girl. She was 14 maybe. He was a little older. And he knew that something was off. He didn't want to embarrass her. He hesitated when his family, <clears throat> family encouraged him to get rid of her. And then the appearance from the angel. And then the churn. Did I imagine that? What am I going to do? What are people going to say? What's my mama going to say? And so on and so forth. A little bit of chaos there. 
even though God was working. So they were faithful and they followed God. And then there was this decree from Herod and all the leaders come down to home, to the man's home, and be ready for the census and get counted. And they didn't have any options. This was, you do it or we will come and get you and you might die. So, pregnant or not, they made the trip. It was a trip of about 90 miles by foot. Whether or not there was an animal that carried her or not, we don't know for sure. But it was a long four or five day journey. Chaos for a woman who was great with child, so says the text. They got to Bethlehem and no place to stay. More chaos. Finally, they ended up in a place in the back of the building. Animals, hay, don't know all the details, but there was no baby bed there. Just a manger, just a place where animals were typically fed. They made do as much as they could. And then childbirth. As you know, childbirth is a crazy experience. My wife goes like this. Every time someone on TV has a baby, my wife cringes like this. And she tightens up and I can just see her. And she says it was just such a traumatic experience. She was glad she had her babies. But she doesn't want to think about that anymore. It's never easy for a woman to have children. In ancient cultures, scholars say that about 50% of the babies born died the first few days. Most women in that culture lived until they were about 30. It was hard. More chaos. And then she was there with her baby and everything was fine. They were calming down and then these stinking shepherds showed up. Now, think about it. Women, you just had a baby. Nothing is right in your life. And now you have visitors, men visitors. And they smell because they've been with animals, they've been in the field for weeks. And they want to talk and see your baby and get in his business. More chaos. So they left and pondered those things in her heart. It was a great time, actually, the good visit of the shepherds. And then later on, they found a place, and they stayed in town for a while. And then more visitors, the magi. They didn't know them. They smelled better than the shepherds, but they were just as strange, dressed different. They were from another culture, from another world, really. And they brought these wonderful gifts. They had been reading scripture, Old Testament scripture. And they discerned that their baby was somebody special. And then, in a dream, Joseph's dreams, more chaos, remember? Get out. Pack your bags. Get out of town. Go to Egypt because Herod's going to kill your baby. Imagine the conversation when Joseph, in the middle of the night, said, Mary, get up. We have to get out of here. What? Why? We're just getting settled in. We've got to get out of here. He's going to kill our baby. And then imagine what the 14-year-old mama with their baby said. Oh my gosh. And they packed their bags and they got out of town for years. They went to Egypt. And in that chaos, the text says, I don't know if you heard it or not, Mary pondered all these things in her heart. And so I imagine this conversation, I try to do this, imagine these conversations between people in these stories. Mary and Joseph talking about this. Joseph 
terrified. Joseph was wise in the ways of the world. He was old enough to know when Herod's after you, you're probably going to die. And then Mary, the little woman, new mama, I've learned don't mess with new mamas. New mama said, Joseph, we're going to be fine, God said. And the simple faith of, of a child mama carried the day. And there was peace for them. They made their journey to Egypt. And they were fine. We don't know much about that life. But God worked. But I go back to that phrase often. Mary pondered these things in her heart. How did that little mama know that God was going to take care of them? He had told them as much, yes. But why, why her? Why me? And she said, I don't know. I just trust you, God. And that family, in the middle of a crazy world, in a crazy time, in horrible experiences, experienced the peace of God. There's something there for us, I think. Maybe that young woman, that young mama, can teach us something. Trust God. There can be peace in our lives, even when life isn't very peaceful. There can be peace in chaos. If you trust God and you learn to trust in God's power, there can be peace. Not the absence of struggle, but in the middle of struggle, a sense of faith that God will be with you. Maybe that's one of the lessons of the Advent, that God works, even when you don't think he's working. Even when your life is falling apart and nothing's going right, maybe one of the greatest messages of the Advent is that God is with you just like he was with Mary and Joseph. So for us, maybe we can learn that there can be peace in our chaos when we trust God. So for the last several weeks, I've been following people's lives. You know, that's what preachers do. We kind of nose around in people's business. If you ever see a preacher just sitting there, he's probably watching you and thinking about you and your behavior and how he can work it into a sermon. In fact, there's, there's a t-shirt I keep needing to get. It says, watch yourself. I'm a preacher. I'm going to be talking about you later. And I think, I need that shirt. So anyway, over the last several weeks, among Christian families, this is what I've seen. Not in this as church necessarily, but in a child care and in a greater community in my family. I've seen a young mama, 11 kids in her home, struggling with a very aggressive cancer, going through the treatments and having the fears and all those things that come to young mamas with cancer. She's going to be all right, looks like. Then, there's another mama, young mama. She's not so young. She brings a three-year-old to her child care. Three-year-old boy is a sweetheart. He has to go to a special school now for play therapy. You see, he was adopted. And his adopted father died earlier this year. He didn't understand. And he didn't know what to do. And a three-year-old boy can't even ask questions. So he acted out. So he's learning how to act in this new normal. He's going to be all right. Mom told me, this Christmas, he'll be fine, but it's really hard for me. And then, there are others. A young father... One of the daycare dads, and dads don't normally talk about things, but this one has started talking to me. He suffers from severe PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome. Not from war, but from 
in injuries and experiences at work. He works at a chemical plant, been through several explosions. Some of his workmates have been killed in those explosions and he's had been drenched in blood and had to drag bodies out of it. industrial explosions and things like that. And because of that, his life has fallen apart, lost his family, he's in a big lawsuit, just struggling to keep his life together. He'll probably be okay, but he'll be scarred forever. I could go on, but you get the picture, don't you? These are good Christian people. They go to church, they do all the right stuff. They follow Jesus, and yet their life is chaos. And in the middle of all this chaos, God is still working. They're still trying to be faithful, and there are glimmers of hope with each of them. And I could go on, couldn't I? I could call many people in this congregation and in other congregations everywhere you go there are people who follow Jesus and their lives aren't easy anyway you see the myth is if you follow Jesus life will be easy it's just not true but the truth is if you follow Jesus God will be with you and in the chaos that is your life God can give you hope what we have to do I guess is take the lesson from that young mama ponder things in your heart think about it Ask these questions, what in the world is God doing and why? How can God work here? Is there something I'm missing? It's fair to ask, does God still love me? And you have to turn to scripture. Yes, God still loves you. Yes, God is still working, even though you can't see it and it doesn't make sense. But if you ponder in your heart like Mary, and you allow God to work, you begin to realize that in this life, there will be troubles. It's just this life. And you will struggle, and you will cry, and you will hurt, and people you love will hurt. And God is still there. And in that, there is peace. On screen are a couple of scriptures. Read this with me if you can. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul telling these people, listen, life is hard. Trust God. It's an old message, isn't it? Mary understood it and learned it as a young girl. And then Paul began to teach it years later. Now read this one with me if you would. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. You see what this one says? After you have suffered for a little while, God will begin to work. Sometimes I think God allows us to suffer because there are lessons we need to learn and you can't learn them from a book. I mean, I can say God is with you. And that means something. But when you feel him at work in your life, that's better, isn't it? Because it's known experience and you can remember that. You may forget what Kevin said, but you will remember when God was with you in the past. So God sometimes works. It doesn't mean that he causes suffering, but that he uses suffering to teach us. Your family fell apart here, and you can rebuild it now. I lost this, but I'm gaining this. I struggled, 
and God lifted me up. And those are the lessons that will carry us through life. Just like all the families I mentioned. The man that was going through PTSD lost his family. Pretty messy divorce. But he's beginning to be allowed to take care of his kids. He just pulled within and pulled away and suffered by himself. He's learning to suffer with his family. Whether or not the marriage will be saved, I don't know. But he's with his girls. And that's the goal. His daughters can love him and hug on him. Strangely enough, his daughters, they're getting old enough, too old to be carried actually. And guess what? Old dad carries them every time he sees them. Every time he brings them in, he carries them. Mama never carries the babies. They're too big and heavy. But daddy carries those babies. You see, he's rebuilding what he lost. Still going to church. Still recognizing God at work. Peace. In chaos. Doesn't mean there's no hurt or pain, but it means that God is working. So we hear this great story of Joseph and Mary and the Christ child, and we see that image in the picture calm and comfort and warmth and a new baby. That was true for a few minutes. And then the chaos of their life broke in. And then they ran, and God took care of them and protected them. And Mary, who pondered these things in her heart, experienced the God that was always going to be there. For the next few years, life was pretty good. And then the chaos came back, didn't it? And she was there when they hung Jesus on the cross. And then in that chaos, there was a resurrection, wasn't there? You see God working in chaos to bring comfort and peace. This is the way God works. So this year... As we look back at what happened and, and look forward to what might happen, consider this. Pray for blessing. Pray for God's presence. Take it when it comes. And when you can't feel it, it's still there. There's a guy named George Beverly Shea. You might remember the name. He sang with the Billy Graham Association decades ago. And his signature song was this song said, When you say, God seems so far away, who moved? And the message of the song was, of course, you did. God is always there. So let's remember that. On screen is a final idea. Place your faith and trust in God. He cares for you and wants to help you live in your life. So pray for his guidance and comfort. He can make a difference in your life and in the lives of others. So if you're at that place in life where you're struggling, be faithful and be strong. If you're at that place in life where right now it's really good, be thankful and be quick to share your story with others. I have found the hard way that there are always people who are struggling. And if you pay attention, you'll notice. So pay attention to people's lives and when you can, encourage them. And when you're the one who's hurting, pray. Nate's gonna come and lead us in a closing hymn of invitation this morning. The invitation is very simple. Make this new year the time when God can work within you and comfort you and use you. Nate? Let's stand and sing together.
today, although I thought about sharing it before we heard Kevin's message. He said, says to us, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Amen.